Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 4 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all, sharing expert tips from the best in the burnout field, sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes with my own expertise and some fun research now that I'm a student again, plus sharing actionable steps to help you end burnout starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and you need personalized guidance, you can book a free breakthrough burnout call with me. You'll find the link bit.ly backslash call Kate in the show notes. Also, if you love fried and want to be part of our community, we'd love to have you. Just head over to Facebook and type in fried the burnout podcast discussion and click to join our group. It's a place for continued healing, deeper conversations and connections with people who just get it. And now for this week's episode. Hey Fried fans, I am so excited about this week's episode because last week I had a great conversation with Carolyn Brown about creating and living in an environment that you love. And I got a few questions, some in my DMs, some in the Facebook group, around why does it matter so much? Why does creating this environment matter so much? So this week I'm going to answer that for you. Um, The answer is my current favorite answer for everything, which is neuroscience. Um, Before I get into it, please know that even though I love neuroscience, I understand that the body is working together as a whole. I love gut bacteria and intuition and heart waves and more. I know that there's no one clear scientific answer when especially when it comes to burnout, but really when it comes to anything because our bodies have to interact in a holistic manner. So I do love neuroscience, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to ignore everything else and all of the um, Eastern medicine sciences that I've learned over the years. Science is a bunch of experiments, and in order to make something into a solid theory, things have to be tested thousands of times, so it's not perfect. But all that being said, what I'm about to tell you is absolutely fascinating and very important when it comes to burnout recovery. Here's what neuroscience says about why having stuff around you that you love matters. In a study done by researchers Tomohiro Ishizu and Samir Zeki, they found that when people are exposed to music and art that they find beautiful, it engages a part of their prefrontal cortex, you know, that bit that shrinks sometimes when you're burnt out. They found this using functional MRI imaging. And one of the most interesting parts of this study to me was that people were shown images and then they were asked to subjectively rank the beauty of the image. And when they were given music, they were asked to subjectively rank the beauty of the melody on a scale from one to nine. And what they found was that the more beautiful something is to an individual, the more activation in a very specific part of the prefrontal cortex called the medial orbitofrontal cortex. That part of the brain is part of the prefrontal cortex that's involved in two things. One is our sense of reward, so our reward system, and get this, so exciting, our goal-directed decision-making. Yeah, you just heard me say that right. I'm going to repeat that in the easiest way possible in absolute layman's terms so that you really understand exactly what I just said. When you experience something that is beautiful to you, It makes you feel like you just got a treat, and it makes it easier to make decisions that are based on what you actually want from life. So not only does it make you feel a rush of good 
feelings, but it also makes it easier for you to make goal-directed decisions. What? That is nuts. And the next study is going to blow your mind even more. We have talked about the amygdala a lot on this podcast, and we often refer to its role in assessing threat around you. That is not the amygdala's only job, but it is the one that is most relevant to what we chat about here on Fried. So long-term stress can lead to growth of the amygdala. It means it gets bigger under long-term stress. So while the prefrontal cortex shrinks, the amygdala can enlarge or become hypertrophic is the technical term. That basically means that your brain, your, particularly your amygdala, but your brain becomes more sensitive to threat the longer you experience stress, which means that you might be interpreting threat when there is none. So again, in layman's terms, that means that you might be really triggered by a bunch of shit that actually wouldn't bother you in normal life simply because your amygdala is on fire and looking for reasons that you might be unsafe and getting ready to scream at you and saying, pay attention to this thing. It's not safe, right? It's trying to keep you safe. It's it's doing its job in the right way, but it might be overreacting a little bit, okay? That's the very scientific way of saying it by the way. In research done by Moshe Bar and Maital Netta, they found that regardless of whether the participant identified as male or female, I thought that was really important, the amygdala is more activated when looking at sharp objects as opposed to contoured or curvy objects. So the idea that they formulated around this, their hypothesis, is that, the, is that historically sharp objects have been slash are dangerous. So we're thinking you might get hit by a knife or even a long time ago, if a branch was sharp at the end, it might scratch you and then you might get an infection. And, you know, ages ago, an infection would kill you. So the, these things were really important. So our brains are naturally clued into by way of evolution. They're naturally clued into paying attention to sharp objects in order to keep us on alert when sharp objects are in our space in order to keep ourselves safe. All right. So the idea that they're trying to test is are sharp objects more dangerous to our brains than contoured objects? The objects that they used to have to study this, to measure this, were things like, you know, square suitcases. They weren't showing people knives. So they weren't showing people images that would typically be threatening. They were just comparing and contrasting sharpness to contouredness. And so over and over, what they found was that when the brain sees a sharp object, the amygdala fires more. So it's more reactive and telling the body to amp up its stress response, to be aware and ready to fight because the situation is more dangerous. We're just talking sharp or curvy objects, people. That's amazing. So in coaching sessions, I often encourage people to get new soft blankets, get mugs that really feel good in their hands. Um, I did this intuitively because I felt that it would increase their feelings of safety, which allows you to enter a state where healing is possible, where you can regrow brain cells, where you can regulate gut bacteria, where you can engage your vagus nerve. And this study gives me a clue as to why my intuition was on track with these suggestions. 
So that wraps up some really interesting studies for this week. All of the links to these studies will be in the show notes, which you can find underneath the episodes or by going to friedtheburnoutpodcast.com and opening the most recent episode. And here's what I want you to do with this information for yourself this week. I want you to look around at your workspace, right? Just take a glance at your workspace. It doesn't matter if it's on a desk, on a kitchen table, in a closet like me, or on a coffee shop counter. I want you to take a look at your workspace and ask yourself if there's anything that you can do to make the lines around you softer. I have a desk pad, which uh, you can't see. Even in the YouTube video, you, you can't see it. But I have a desk pad because it makes my desk softer in both feel and in color, which is important. And I love a mug that rounds at the bottom. So my most recent mate gourd, which is really not traditional Argentinian style mate gourd, but rather a more modern one, feels really good in my hands and it's really beautiful. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can can see me showing you this gourd. Also, you'll see me in my robe and with wet hair because that's how we're recording today. Because life, you know? Mate is good. So I want you to look around and ask if there's anything that you can do to make your place a little bit softer, a little bit more contoured. Maybe you're gonna get like a lambskin throwover for your chair, or maybe you're going to get a new mug, or I have a, a timer that I absolutely adore, um, probably because of its shape, right? Like an old, an hourglass timer that is not actually hourglass because it only times 45 minutes, but whatever. So. And after you do that, the next space that I want you to think about is the space beside your bed. So if you have a nightstand, I'm talking about your nightstand. If you don't, I'm just talking about the space beside your bed. Is there something that you can do with your nightstand to make it a little bit softer? Because I think that knowing that good contours give us a sense of safety is important, especially when we're about to go to sleep. If your brain is interpreting threat right before sleep, Like, no wonder. So if you have square lamps, if you can afford it, maybe replace them with something rounder. Um, Our lamps in our bedroom are super round. I didn't realize that that was a good thing, but now I'm really glad that we have them because of this study. It makes me happy that I'm putting myself in a position to have a good night's sleep in a way that doesn't feel threatening to my brain or my body. And I really want you to just Absorb this idea that you can utilize your environment to help shape your brain and to give yourself the best possible chance of full burnout recovery. So that being said, I can't wait to hear about your upgrades. I can't wait to hear the changes that you've made in your spaces. And I want you to tell me all about them in the Facebook group. Um, on It's called Fried the Podcast Discussion group on Facebook. And we're still new. I'm still figuring out this whole Facebook group thing, but we're already 200 people strong and there's been some really great conversations. So I'd like you to come join us there. On request of some of the members, it was recently made private. So you do have to request access. And then once you write in there, the only people that will see what you write are other fellow members, which is important and has allowed us to share a little bit more. Again, safety right? Really important. So you never know who you might inspire 
when you show up in a group like that and say, oh, I found this blanket or mug or candle or a lamp or whatever that I just love so much, it might be exactly the thing that someone else needs and you might be able to help them shift their environments too. We are literally all in this together. So I can't wait to see what you come up with. I will see you in the group. All right, until next time. Ha 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 